Welcome to YFC Now with news and encouragement from Fresno Madera Youth for Christ. Ministering to area kids for over 65 years, here is the host of YFC Now, Executive Director Ed Kazmarek. Hi everybody, thanks for joining us for the YFC Now show. YFC is in its 67th year of ministry in the Fresno area and we work in Fresno and Madera counties to reach kids for Christ, to share Christ with them, to love them and uh, listen to them and encourage them. Thank you for your support by listening to us and praying for us and financial support as well. To learn more about us, you always can go to our website, yfcnow.org. We've got some incredible videos on our website. Um, Our friend Jim Weaver um, has produced videos alongside of us, uh, just kids' stories, uh, testimonies about what YFC has meant in people's lives, and I'd love to have you take a look at those. We keep them short. They're seven minutes or less typically, so check out yfcnow.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We've got a uh, Facebook page for Fresno Madera Youth for Christ. A lot of times we put our uh, events and announcements up there, and our uh, 40-plus clubs and activities are listed on our website also. always can check into that, so I invite you to do that. Well, we love to tell the story of ministry happening in, uh, in and through Youth for Christ, Right now, as I uh, sit in our spacious recording studio, across the hallway from me are about uh, 18 to 20 kids from Lowell School, and they're working with Gabe and a couple of great volunteers um, as they do some end-of-the-school-year tutoring. And they're also doing some crafts, and Gabe just told me that four kids accepted Christ, and he's going to follow up with them to make sure they understand what that decision means in their lives. Well, that's uh, what we're all about here is uh, introducing kids to Jesus Christ because ultimately Jesus is the answer. Now, kids love to connect with adults who care about them. Um, They just, because so many kids don't have that in their lives especially, um, they are just really attracted to adults who care for them and want to listen to them and and support them in life. And even kids who have... uh, healthy families and healthy uh, parents at home. They just love to connect with adults on, uh, on a deep level, and it's, it makes a big difference in their lives. Uh, which of us, how many of us have and can put a finger on and just remember a mentor who made a difference in our lives? I know I can point to a couple of adults, one being a baseball coach, uh, others being teachers in my uh, grade school years and high school, who mentored me and encouraged me, and they walked alongside me in in the difficult journey of being a teenager. Times where I could talk about spiritual things or friends or struggles and just kind of get my bearings in life. I mean, let's face it, as as teenagers, uh, kids are learning how to be young adults. They're they're learning what it takes to be an adult. I uh, just had uh, a teenager in my home for the last entire school year, Casper from Germany. And he's going back to Germany this week after being an exchange student. And uh, we just see that uh, teens don't know it all. They have to be mentored and trained and they have to learn how to do chores, how to be polite, um, what's what's respectful of adults and what's respectful of other teens, um, even in spiritual matters as well, uh, how to use the Bible, how to share faith with others, how to encourage others. All of these skills and abilities are taught and trained and mentored into the lives of young people. 
So that's what our staff and our volunteers love to do. Uh, we like to train student leaders to do that as well. Uh, Jameson was telling me about his last end of the year student leadership meeting that happened at his home on uh, Saturday. I believe there were uh, 12 to 15 student leaders from four or five different high schools, and we love to get those kids together, uh, encourage them for the summer, and get them ready to make plans for fall for clubs and activities and outreaches that they're going to do to reach their campuses for Christ. Well, today we want to talk with uh, one of our staff members, Steve Sanders, and Steve works in Madera County, works alongside Brother Ron, Chaplain Ron, in uh, the juvenile hall and in the boot camp in Madera. Uh, Steve also, just like Ron, Steve also works in some of the schools and has been working with boys uh, specifically at some of the continuation schools in Madera. And uh, Steve has his own story, his own testimony uh, as uh, he was growing up. He uh, got into some trouble of when he was a teenager, and uh, we want to hear his testimony a little bit, and then we'll go into how he got into ministry, how the Lord walked him through hard times and transformed his life, and now he's giving back and mentoring boys so that they might not make the same kinds of decisions, but rather they might uh, meet Christ early on and save a lot of trouble and heartache. So uh, let's go to that interview with Steve Sanders, and I appreciate your listening. So joining me in the studio right now is Steve Sanders, and Steve is a part-time staff with Youth for Christ. Welcome, Steve. Hello. Glad to have you here. And part of your story is just your journey from, you know, in your own testimony, later giving your life to the Lord, later becoming a volunteer for Youth for Christ, and now a staff member. It's pretty awesome. So maybe let's go back and uh, just give a thumbnail about your own background, and you had some trouble of your own, so... Tell, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and background. Well, Ed, I am from Fresno, California, and here in Fresno, I, I grew up doing the wrong things, um, just messing around in the streets here in Fresno, and I, f- need, I finally gave my life to God, and now it's been a different adventure. Did you, um, did you feel like you had your parents who were showing you the way? What was kind of your childhood <clears throat> like? Uh, like a lot of teens, when they don't have their dads, um, they go through a wrong direction. But for me, I had both of my parents. Uh, my parents split up when I was around eight years old. And I had, I guess you would say, double the parents because they both remarried. So I don't have any excuse except for that I did all the things because I wanted to do. So I decided to go the wrong way on my own. Just without getting real specific, but in general, what were some of the things that you got involved in and at what age? Um, gangs in high school, uh, graffiti out of high school. Um, I got involved with drugs and drugs just continue to take me down the wrong way. Mm. So did you, were you ever, uh, in trouble with the law? Uh, yes, I was locked up when I was 16 years old, when I was at, in high school in ninth, in ninth grade and I was locked up then. Um, and then I you know, later down the road, um, was, had a warrant for my arrest. And that's what is the reason how I, um, gave my life to God. Mm. Well, so you were locked up and like so many of the ministers that work with YFC, uh, many of them have had that life experience where they made the wrong decisions. They then, uh, were either locked up or in trouble with the law, but that led to their conversion and giving their lives to Christ, the transformation and renewing of the mind. 
And so you're an example of that, that you went through that transformation. You say a warrant for your arrest was yes. part of your conversion. Tell us about that. Uh, I had a warrant for my arrest for some things I did here, did here in Fresno. And what I did was, instead of dealing with my problems, I ran away and I ended up in Madeira. And that's about 15 um, miles away from Fresno. And I ended up in a church and next door um, there was a person that was a believer and he decided to witness to me and decided to take me to church with him and I gave my life to God. Wow. And so at church, you gave your life to Christ. Yes. And how long ago was that? And that must have been over five years now. Okay. And so really what happened is you gave your life to Christ and you started getting, I imagine, getting stronger in the faith through your church. How did you start serving as a minister? How did I start serving in a, as a minister? I decided to just get in everything I can, every church service, uh, Monday, Friday, and and Sunday, and just deciding to do uh, everything the church had to offer. I ended up living at the church and just doing everything I can to serve God. And, and so, you know, with the... There's a need uh, for people to give their lives and to serve like Christ says to serve. And so I just picked up on that and decided to serve the community. Oh, that's great. Well, um, I, I mean, I believe, you know, we can be transformed in our mind, but our heart really changes. Our heart is transformed when we start to serve because we are being Christ to others. And I think that's what you caught a hold of. Well, when did you bump into uh, Chaplain Ron? Now, let me just say that uh, last week's show, we interviewed Chaplain Ron, our staff member who works in Madeira, and we interviewed Josh, who is a young man who was incarcerated. You know Josh, yeah. and um, we talked with him about his life change. But when did you uh, bump into Chaplain Ron and start getting involved with the young men in, in the juvenile hall and boot camp? Well, Chaplain Ron was always a, a person in our community to be looked up to because his faithfulness and his giving to people. And I was on the church website and they were saying that they that we have a ministry that goes into the juvenile hall and to the boot camp. And I was, hey, I never even knew they did that. And I wanted to be able to become part of that. I didn't know it had to do with Youth for Christ at first until I looked into it and wanted to know who was doing it. And I found out my pastor was um, Pastor Tim Echeverria from Madeira. He was going to boot camp every Friday. And so I got a hold of him and he told me it was Chaplain Ron that was the one uh, doing it. So I just decided to talk to speak to Chaplain Ron and, and he got me as a volunteer in there and it was just great. And so uh, tell me about your first day, if you can remember when that was. Tell me about your first day of volunteering in the juvenile hall. My first day, it, it took a long time to get the process going, to get everything cleared with my background and everything, and just making sure I didn't have anything outstanding. Uh, but when I first got there, it was uh, in boot camp, I can remember. It was, it was nerve-wracking because I had to tell my testimony to these kids. I wasn't sure if they were going to be listening or not. Um, and they all were just, there was like 24 of the boot camp kids and they were just staring back at me and I'm staring back at them and nervous and they just, I can tell that they really um, 
were connecting with me because of how close of age we were together. Mm. And you're you're still a young man. You're not yes, all that old. You're in your twenties. No. Yes. And that's amazing. You we call that baptism by fire. I mean, you got thrown right in. Now, did Ron do this to you? Did Chaplain Ron stick you up in front of those boys? Yeah, twenty four boys. Yeah. That's a good crowd. Yeah, that's it was it was pretty big um, at that time when I first came. That's great. How did that go? Um, like I said, I was telling my story, and I and I can see their faces. I'm not, I, you know, I can't read their minds. I can't see if they're uh, even listening to me or not. They're like, man, look at this guy. He just, you know, he looks. He's not. Even, how can this guy be a gang member? How can this guy be anything to us? But it was not the case. Um, a lot of these kids talked to me after wanting help and wanting to seek God. Mm, that is just great. What did that feel like to you, recognizing you immediately had an impact in their lives, and now you're sharing one-on-one with boys? What was that like? Um, it's it's really different because I, I'm not used. To, I wasn't used to working with kids and troubled kids because I was a troubled kid. So to be able to work with troubled kids um, one-on-one and just see their life grow while while they're there in boot camp for six months. Um, is real, really transforma- seen transformation be for them and for me because um, as I'm serving the community by speaking to the kids, um, they're getting something out of it and I'm getting something out of it and it's just, this is really good um, to serve God every day. So Let me land on that for a minute and it's something we don't talk about that often, but how, are, how have you as a volunteer actually changed? How did it change you? How did it minister to you to be sharing in in the juvenile hall and boot camp? Well, anytime that anybody um, preaches, teaches, um, they want to make sure that they're living exactly what they're preaching and um, teaching. So anytime I were speaking to the kids, um, I would always try to look like if it was a mirror, is my life um, evident? Is my life transparent? Could they see the things that, um, that are happening with me? And so I have to be on my toes. I have to be um, serving God fully. Um, so when I speak to these kids, that it's not just you know saying a bunch of um, just bunch of stuff. I just I want to be real. I want them to know who God is and the true God. Wow, that's that's really awesome. And I, I think that's right, Steve. Is when when we share with others, we got to be you know, for lack of a better phrase on our game. I mean, we have to be in the Word and and prayed up, and, and we have to be reading and aware of what God has for us that day to share. That's really awesome. So how did the boys respond, and what kind of change did you see in the boys' lives when you were speaking with them? Um, after a while, um, there was one kid I was working with. Uh, we'll call him Nick. Nick um, decided that he wanted to serve God, and, and that I led him through the sinner's prayer, and um, I got to see him every Friday and just to continue to pray for him and talk to him and ask him how his day is going. And I seen a real transformation in his life. And um, all the days that he was there, he told me that he wants to get into a community church when he gets out. Uh, He wants to be an active um, believer in the community. And just to be able to see that, it was just breathtaking. Mm. You know, when we talked with Josh last week for last week's show, um, he mentioned that it's really hard when you get out to actually plug into church and to actually change. He said he even called it the phrase jail talk. Like when you're in jail, you talk about all the great things you're going to do when you get out. You're going to change. You're going to go to church. 
Do you see that? And is that is it a challenge for the boys when they get out? Yeah, um, a lot of the times when they are there, um, when they're in you know a crisis, uh, the kids are wanting anything and everything uh, to to just get change their life. Um, it seems like, but I've noticed that when kids get out, it's 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 bam, they're re they're in real time. Um, and that they have to really make decisions really fast. And so when I'm working with the kids, um, I try to coach them along the way. And I know that sometimes they're going to slip through the cracks and they're going to end up, some of them are going to end up not coming. And, and hopefully, you know, that some of them do. And it's just, it's different for them when they come out. They're, they're in shock and they don't know what to do. And I, I guess that's my job to, to lead them the right way right when they get out. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a tough question here, okay. but see if you can give me your best guess, and I want to go somewhere with this, but how many different boys do you think you've talked to and ministered to in the last year? Wow, um, I've never been asked that. I know. In the last year. Just Whew. taking a wild guess. Hundreds, uh, maybe maybe thousands. Wow. Kids come all the time to juvenile hall, and, and they come in and out, in and out, and repeats, and... I don't know, thousands, I guess. So so now hone that down, and how many boys do you think you've had one-on-one -on -one conversations with and really impacted their lives? I would say thousands still because I'm a person um, that likes to do one-on-ones, one-on-threes, one-on-twos sometimes. I, I'm a person that wants to really connect with them one-on-one -on -one because when they're around a group of people, a group of kids like themselves, they, they tend to act uh, bad or act tough. And I'm one that, um, and I just want to get away from that. So I, I take them to a corner and, and we begin to talk about uh, more serious things one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lot better. Now, I know, just from knowing you, I know that um, you not only minister inside the four walls, but also when boys get out, you've been there for them. Tell us about some of those relationships. Um, yes, when they when they get out, um, my plan is, hey, here's my card, here's my number, give me a call, and we can hang out. We can, and I've already been uh, coaching them along the way about getting into a community church and getting their lives right. Um, and so when they get out, I try to meet with them in the first couple of weeks, the first two weeks. The first week when they get out is is pretty tough. They got a lot of family to meet. Uh, a lot of things to do, and the first even 30 days is tough because they're put on an ankle monitor um, for probation. So even then, um, to go to church, luckily, Madera County is really good about having them be able to go to one service a week, even though we have three. So one service a week is, is pretty good. So mm. a lot of the times they choose that one day uh, to be able to get out of their house from being on house arrest and come to church. Yeah. I know that you, you told me just earlier today that you're working with some boys that are in some pretty big trouble. And I, I'm not going to mention names right now, but there are some court cases going on that are newsworthy, that have been in the news, and uh, just some boys that may be facing a long, long, long time in jail. How do you, how do you share hope with someone in that kind of situation? Um, first off, a lot of prayer um, before I go in. And when I go in... Um, Talking to these boys, I, I, there's a lot of uh, attention that they get because of, uh, I guess, the cases with murder. And with murder, a lot of the kids around are, um, they know the, what, what had happened with the case and the, and the community knows. So 
these kids are under watch all the time, and they're also being uh, threatened by other kids. And so uh, my job is to, I want to get right, and, and, and I want to pray, and I want to be prayed up. I want to read my word. And so when I'm able to speak to these uh, young men that um, did the serious crime of murder, that um, they are able, that I am able, that God is going to use me, that that they will see that God is a forgiver because uh, one of the kids you know, mentioned that he, uh, that God will never forgive them uh, for what they've done. And so I, you know, God is a forgiver. And so I'm, I'm going to stand strong on that and continue to do what I can and to help them out. I know that they, you know, it might end up really bad, but um, we know that God is good and God, and God can heal and God can forgive and God can, God could be there for them. You know, Steve, you, some people kind of jokingly describe you as a magnet for these boys. They, they love to hang out with you, and you coach them, like you said. I know you've had kids uh, calling you all hours of the day. Why are they calling you at 2 and 3 in the morning? <laughs> so, sometimes they call me at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, if I, I've had one kid. I'm not going to say his name, but I've had one kid. Um, he used to tap on my window with rocks. I used to live um, in an apartment, and, and I was upstairs. He used to tap rocks on my window, um, and I would open the door, and I wouldn't be mad. Um, like normal people, sometimes people would be mad, but I would open the door, and, and I would say, hey, what's up, man, and what's going on? And he would tell me, you know what, I really feel like smoking some meth. And and to me, uh, being at one time addicted to meth, um, I know that how hard it is to stay away from that stuff. So for him to come to my door is like a blessing. It's like, come on in, come in. Uh, play some video games, come and just, you know, of course I'm going to be um, praying with him and I'm going to be talking to him uh, to get out of it, but uh, for him to just come to my door is a blessing. And, and I tell the kids, my number is open 24-7 as long as I can hear uh, the phone at night. Sometimes it's charging and it's on silent, or but I really try to pay attention to my phone and the people that call me because I know that at one time I needed help as well. Well, so much of what we do, Steve, in ministry is just that. It's not only the groups, it's not only the you know, Bible studies, but it's also just hanging with kids. And I see you that you do that really well, just being there for kids, hanging out with them, guiding and coaching. So I know you're also doing some things at continuation schools in Madeira. Tell me about that. Yes, I'm um, part of an organization called Teach One and Lead One. We're partnered with them, and what I do is I go and I teach um, kids sophomore kids in high school at a continuation school and um it's we're not exactly teaching them you know jesus christ is he's our lord and savior yes he is our lord and savior but also in school we i, I have to be able to teach them the christian values and that's you know everything from responsible to being um punctual from being um professionalism professionalism yeah. uh everything you can think of that's a good thing to be honest with them and just being able to um, be there and teach those values is I, I believe what God wants us to do. Well I do believe it's what God wants us to do is to be there for the kids and Steve you're an example of that so I want to just thank you for your ministry and for being obedient to the Lord. Thank you. Thanks for coming in today. You're welcome. Okay, we're back here in the studio, and I just want to say there's just a number of things I'm encouraged about by that interview. First of all, it's the transformation, the transformative power of Jesus Christ in the lives of youth, where Jesus can 
transform a young person who is a criminal, even a hardened criminal, and can change their life and their heart so that they now turn their eyes to Jesus and want to give their lives over to him in forgiveness of their sins and accept the gift of grace that he offers. And then they take a journey from there. And sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back. But these young people are walking towards Christ and wanting to live godly lives. And they can do that when they have the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, evidenced through the lives of adults who come into their lives and help and mentor them. Gosh, it's just so encouraging to see that that's happening in our valley, in our cities, in Madera and Fresno counties. And I hope you'll be a part of it. Please do continue to support Youth for Christ. Share with us financially. Share your prayers. uh, Share your volunteerism as you feel led and as the Lord leads you. Well, thanks again for your support. Thanks for listening to the YFC Now show. Visit us at yfcnow.org. And I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to YFC Now. Contact us with your comments and questions at 237-4741. Visit us on Facebook or on the web at yfcnow.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our youth.